What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful... Okay, don't, don't focus. Don't focus on the voice. I know it sounds like angels. Focus on the heart. That's what you need to focus on. You get, you get lost in how beautiful the voice is, but really, <laughs> be focused right here. Like, that's what I want you... I, I kid, but seriously. Like, we live in a day and age right now where it's so easy to have a focus all over the, all over the place. To focus on one thing and lose sight of, like, we can joke around about this, but people can get really focused on the sound of my voice and lose sight of, really, the heart behind it. I mean, we can all do that, right? Like, we, like, I remember, okay, back in the day, when we started this whole corona mess, uh, I told you that this is, this is what my family and I were doing. We were doing Monopoly money and our schedule, and this is how we were going to focus in on our kids and how we were going to get through it all. That went to crap after two days. Like, great Pinterest, like, thought of, of it all. But after two days, it was like, where I'm trying to work my day and be focused on my kids and schooling, be focused on my job. I, like, my focus was all over the place. What I had to do, what I've learned through the coronavirus was to wake up at the butt crack of dawn, do all of most, the, all the things I have to get done for the day, do it before the kids wake up, and then have a leisurely work day for the rest of the day. I had to do that because during the day, I have to be focused on multiple things, and it was hard to be super focused on my job while having a little bit of a focus on my kids. What it did was it created tension. Today, I, I want us to see that, that you and I are running a marathon. But you and I are running a marathon while under attack. And it's so easy for you to be running this rat race of life with a whole lot of, of different, uh, different things to put our focus on. But when we lose sight of the one focus, Jesus Christ, we are going down a road of immaturity. I want us to see today that we are supposed to be solely focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ. To have multiple focuses is immature. To be rooted in Christ is to be focused on Christ. Which means for you and I, when we eventually get to go back to Buffalo Wild Wings, when we go to B-dubs, we're focused on the gospel. When we're hanging out with our friends, we're focused on the gospel. When we're at our job or on our sports team, we are focused on the gospel. I want us to see as children of the King, that a focus on the gospel goes with us everywhere we go. When we're, when we're doing married things, when we're with our spouse, we're, we're focused on the gospel. When we're with our kids, we're focused. On, it goes everywhere we go, our camping trip, our fishing trip, our golf trip. There is a focus on the gospel. The focus on the gospel is truly not situational. It's not, oh, this situation, this situation, this situation. A focus on the gospel is transformational. It will transform everything we do. Here's, here's where Paul goes as we continue on in this rooted series, uh, continuing on in, in Philippians chapter 3, what we're supposed to be rooted in and how it transforms our lives. Paul says this, now, not that I have already obtained this or that I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own. Can we pause right there for a second? Christ Jesus has made me his own. Like, pause. I know you're in the middle of your living room and there's chaos all around you. But be still for a second. Christ has made you his very own.
Like, soak that in for a second. You were once an enemy of God, but when we call on Jesus as Lord and Savior, we are His. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul's not saying, I've arrived, I've got nothing to strive for. He's saying, I'm in a race, I'm striving towards the prize. What, what Paul is saying is he's, he's articulating our value of endless growth. That I'm going to wake up today and be a little bit more like Jesus. And tomorrow, I'm going to be a little bit more like Jesus. And the next day, I'm going to be a little bit more like Jesus. So whether you've been a Christian for a day or 45 years, tomorrow, we both wake up and need to be a little bit more like Jesus. Because perfection will not happen here on earth, the goal is not so much perfection. The goal is progress. Can we make progress every single day as Christians to be more and more like Jesus? The mature know that it will not be achieved here on earth, that is perfection, but the mature know that is the goal. And so even though we can't achieve it here on earth, we still strive for it as if we can. And so Paul mentions we, we don't look behind. Like how, listen, if you're driving a car, focus on the rear view mirror. How long until you go off the road? Not very long. It's hard to press forward when you're looking behind. And you and I can have too many different types of ways of looking behind us, can't we? We can look back on our past achievements and say, whoa, hey, dust your shoulders off. I've got it going on. You rest on your laurels as to say, you look back on your past achievements and what does it do? It brings a lack of effort in the here and the now. I've got this. I don't have to have boundaries. I don't have to have walls up. I don't have to, I don't, I, I can just glide and slide and just make it through. Paul's saying, don't look back on your past achievements. Keep, keep pressing on. And he's also talking about failure. How many of us look in our past and we see a whole lot of failure? Cue the Frozen song for a second. Let it go. Press on, press on, press on towards the goal. See, there's only one biblical hero that had never failed. He's our prize. He's what we're striving towards. He's, he's, he's the one that is our focus point. The only biblical hero that had never, ever failed is Jesus Christ. He is what we strive after. So forget about your past failures for a second. Learn from them. Don't repeat them. Don't bring them into the present. But now press on towards the goal. He is our one thing. And so my question for you is, what is your one thing? What would others say is your one thing? What change do you may need to make in your life to pursue that one thing, Jesus Christ? Is there a sin or a habit or an activity that as you run the Christian race, as you run after Jesus, is there a sin that is hindering your race? It is time to throw it off. Here's our big thought for this, for this experience. Our big thought is this. What I think Paul is driving at here is a rooted life is a focused life. A rooted life is a focused life. How many of us now in the middle of quarantine feel unfocused? May this be a reminder 
The rooted life is a focused life. And so in Philippians 3, verses 12 through 21, Paul is going to show us three ways to make Jesus our one focus in life. So the rooted life is a focused life. The first thing that Paul reminds us is focused thinking. How you focus your thinking. He says this, let those uh, those of us who are mature think this way. And if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. The mature need to think a certain way. The mature need to bring their thinking to a complete line of thought. They need to complete it. They need to strive ahead. Paul, Paul is in essence is, is, is saying this. I, he, he's saying, I am complete in the sense that I have grown as far as I can at the present time, and now I'm focused on the next lesson. So my thinking is this, I have endless growth. I've achieved what I can achieve here and now, but there's more to do. There's more to think about. There's more to dwell on. There's more to, to press on towards. And so every single one of us is running, running the race. Some of us are going to crawl over the finish line. Some of us are going to sp sprint over the finish line. But either way, we are striving towards the, the, the finish line. We are to press on and hold on. What are we to hold on to? What, is, what does the scripture say? What are we to hold on to? Hold on to whom? Christ. The our one thing. We hold on to him as we run the race. He is what is guiding us through, and he's also simultaneously our focus. If you are focused on Christ, guess what you're not focused on? You're not focused on what you've lost. You're focused on who you have gained. If, if you're focused on what you can't have or can't do, you have yet to make much of Christ. During this quarantine, there is a, a lot of parents, myself included at times, talking in such a way where, you know what? Newly married people, they're not going to want kids. Those that, or, 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 or probably even worse, those that can't have kids or those that have lost the kids are hearing us parents with kids talk about what it's like to live with our kids and they're becoming bitter. See, the, the hardship of what's going on, on right now, like Ava and I have, have lamented together how, how hard it is to, my, my work area, her work area is over there, how hard it is to work and also homeschool our kids. Like, yes, it is hard, but this is what we signed up for. All right. And so as we lament, my, one of my sons, who, 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 who is a little bit more emotional, you could say, he hears us lamenting and he walks in and he's like, well, I'm just going to go sit in my room for the rest of the day. If, it, if it's that hard, I'll just go sit in my room. And that, that hit me like a ton of bricks because here I was looking at it, looking at what is a blessing and treating it like it was a curse. No, it is a blessing. And if I view it as a blessing, guess what? It will build the relationship. If I view it as a curse, it will hinder and hurt the relationship. So you and I, in our thinking, we are to hold on to who? Christ. So that means when I wake up in the morning, what's my line of thinking? Is my line of thinking on the old life or the new life? Is my, old, is, is my line of thinking what I've lost for the cause of Christ or what I have gained for the cause of Christ? So, so that means in my line of thinking, as, I'm, as the rooted life is a focused life, I wake up not thinking about the alcohol that for me is sin and I can't have. That means for me in my rooted life, I don't wake up dwelling on the fact that Christ has called me to be a one-woman man. Oh, boogers. 
I don't, I don't wake up thinking, man, God has called me to lead by example and give this portion of my income to church. Oh my goodness. I don't wake up dwelling on what I've lost for the cause of Christ. That would only show that I have yet to make much of Christ. You and I in our thinking need to wake up every single day thinking about what we've gained in him. Because in him there is nothing better. We have Jesus. Focus, the focus is not on what we, have, what we can't do or what we have lost. The focus is on who we have gained. So a rooted life is, is a focused life. We, we said we're going to focus our thinking, but then secondly, we're going to have focused friends. Here's where he says, he says, brothers, these are fellow Christians, join in, in imitating me. That's a bold statement. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example who have, who have in us, for, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you with tears, walk as what? Enemies of the cross. cross. Their, their end is their destruction. Their God is their belly. And their glory in, and they glory in their shame with minds on what? Set on earthly things. Living the Christian life is a team effort. It's never meant to be a solo mission. It's a team effort. We, we strive. We do this together. We grow and, and, and we strive alongside those who are looking to grow in Christ. When we see another, another Christian running the marathon race alongside us or with us, and we see that they are exasperated from the journey, we don't kick them while we down. We pick each other up. We strive ahead. We challenge each other to keep going. So, so for you and I, he says, imitate me. In, in another verse, he'll, he'll say it like this, imitate me as I, as I imitate Christ. So we are to, we, there should be people around us. Who do we follow? We live in a follow, follow age, don't we? Who we follow matters. How many followers we have matters. Who you follow as a Christian matters. So who do you strive to imitate? Find people captured by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's who I want to surround myself with. Everybody else is the mission field. But who I'm surrounding myself, the people that are on my inner circle, the people talking in my ear, helping me understand what holiness does and doesn't look like, it better be people utterly captured by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only in deed, not only in action, those things are important, but also in their passions, in their longings. Plenty of people can act like Christians. It is people who act like a Christian motivated by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be captured. But it doesn't mean idolize them. It doesn't mean put them on a pedestal. The people that you are striving after and in, in, in so striving after Christ, those human people, they don't want to be put on a pedestal. They want you to make much of Christ. So make much of Christ through their example. This is important because we live among people who, who are enemies of the cross. The, these, are, these are people who, who don't have the cross as their greatest boast. They boast about themselves. They, they, they look at holiness as just nitpicky, not a big deal. Th these are people that, that when, it's, when, it's, when it comes time to live as a Christian and to, and to sacrifice, my Felicia, I'm out. These are enemies of the cross. Their, their actions aren't consistent with their profession. Uh, profession. They're, they're given over to a set of values that, are, that go against the gospel. They celebrate what is an affront to God. So, so don't become a fool by following foolish people. Find examples of people walking the way of Jesus. Focus on the gospel message. 
finding Jesus as superior to all else this world can offer. You find those people. Follow after them because in so doing, you will be following after Christ, your greatest focus. So for me, people ask me time and time again, not all the time, but every now and again, Jason, what, what pastor do you strive to be like? And I always find that a weird question, but in, in, our, in our social media celebrity type world, I, I understand the question. One of the first names that comes up, uh, come up for me when I answer that question is Greg Crochelle. He's somebody that I have, I have followed for some time. I, saw, I used to see him as a very prideful, a prideful man. I didn't really actually, I wasn't that uh, attracted to his leadership and how he pastored himself. But that I kept following him and I saw God humble him. And now he's somebody that is geared towards reaching as many people with the gospel as he can. He, he's geared towards, towards leadership and building up leaders and, and so many great leadership uh, uh, um, insights and wisdom that can be gleaned from him. And one of the things I love most about him is that his church, Life Church, gives away everything for free. Like, and not the crap stuff. They give everything away for free. The U version app, they create, create it. It's yours for free. Like, everything is given away for free. Why? To build up the church. So, because he is somebody that I admire, because he is somebody that I look up to, this week, a church called us and said, Hey, I am a solo pastor. I am, I, am, I am Carly, Graham, and Jason all wrapped up into one trying to do this every single week. Can you help me with the worship? Can, can I steal some stuff from you? And my response, because of Greg Rochelle's influence in my life, even though he doesn't know who I am, was take whatever you want for free. Why? Because if not only are we in mission for the one, not only are we in mission to build God's kingdom, Building the church builds God's kingdom. It's still a win. I'm not in competition with other churches. I'm in competition for the souls of those that don't know Jesus. So we can build this church. Greg, Greg Rochelle's influence is somebody it has impacted me in that manner. So who do you follow? Because we live in a world that, that those that have great followers on social media sometimes are the most immoral of people. We, we live in a world that celebrates those that, like the greatest followers. You, you watch their story. You watch what they tweet. You watch what they do. And they get the laugh, but you're laughing at things that break the heart of God. This world is not getting better. This world is getting worse. So, so how realistically can we find people from the world to follow after and think we're going to draw closer to, to God? There's more war than there is peace. Guess what? Lawyers aren't struggling for work. <laughs> they always have work. Why? Because we live in a broken world. So who you and I follow after says a lot about our focus. It says a lot about are we living the rooted life? To be rooted <laughs> is to be focused. And to be focused is to be focused on Christ. So we said focused the thinking, uh, focused friends, and then, and then lastly, focused identity. Thirdly, a uh, focused identity, he says, but, but our citizenship is in heaven. So this coming November, that means you ain't voting for your king. <laughs> that means our citizenship is heaven. Our king is already in place. <laughs> so whatever happens this coming November, you're not voting for your king. Whoever gets elected ain't your king. It's just who's helping run our country. To keep it that simplistic. And, and from, 
from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. People walking and growing in maturity realize one thing, one simple truth. This ain't my home. I'm a child of the king, ergo, I'm a child of God. Ergo, my identity is that of a child of God. I look at myself that way, which means that I'm heaven bound. That means I'm in root. That means I'm on my way, not to the grave, but to my eternal destiny with Jesus Christ. That means if I'm a citizen of a different world, if I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, then here on the kingdom of earth, I'm supposed to be different. I'm supposed to look different. If I blend in, I don't look like a citizen of the king. I look like everybody else around me. And so we're supposed to be focused in on our identity. We're ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We represent Jesus Christ in this world. When you're in the presence of, of God's people, they should, be, they should be lifting up God's values, God's way of living. We should, be, we should be, if we're in the presence of God's people, we should be around people rooted in Christ Jesus. We should live as ways where people see the king through us. How are they, they going to see the king through us? There's a verse that says, outdo one another in love. I'm a pretty competitive person. Guess what? Let's get in competition trying to outdo one another in love. Compete with me. Please, compete with me. Because guess what? If you and I can compete in outdoing one another in love, guess what? Everybody around us wins. And most importantly, the kingdom of God wins. Our motivation as citizens of the king, is love for the king. So we're focused on the king. That means that we have a focused identity where we're looking to please our heavenly father. It shows me that I am passing through. I'm on my way to heaven, which means I am heaven bound. Uh, Christ will return and this will all be done. This will all go away. What that tells me is that this life is as bad as it will ever get. This is, this is as bad as my eternity will ever be because one day I will be with Christ Jesus. Knowing that this world is as bad as it's ever going to be, that means that you can all but guarantee there is going to be some real awkward moments. Real awkward moments here on planet Earth. The, uh, I don't know, maybe it was three years ago. I, uh, Ava and I, where uh, we signed our kids up for baseball, Landon uh, actually signed up for T-ball in Bayville on his first team. And we, Ava and I prayed while signing him up. When we went to his first practice, we prayed in the car. We're like, this is, this is an opportunity to share the gospel with people that, that, we, that we don't know from church. Now we're going to meet them out in the public. And so it was, the gospel was our focus. We were really genuinely praying to that end throughout the whole experience of, of T-ball. And, uh, and so I'm shooting the crap with, with the coach. Uh, and with a, a dad or an assistant coach, I can't remember which. And in my mind, I'm trying to think like, how can I, how can I, how can I get get around them where I can open up conversations about the gospel? So I was trying to find ways to get them to my to my house to have a cookout or maybe to go out to dinner, something like that. I was trying to hang out with them socially, and so I'm guiding the conversation that way. And one of them says, "Oh yeah, we should go to Hooters." And I was like, "Huh." Like, and they're like, and I don't know if they saw it on my face. They're like, yeah, there's like one, like, I didn't know where Hooters was. They're like, there, there must be one, like, they, like, I think 45 minutes away or something like that. He said, uh, and, uh, like, so here's what I didn't do. Even though I'm focused on the gospel and I feel like it, it was instantly awkward. I didn't, 
Well, I am Pastor Jason. And Pastor Jason doesn't go to Hooters. Like, I didn't try to make them feel awkward. But what I tried doing in that moment was like, yeah, like, like, yeah, Hooters, like, I don't, like, I, I, like, what about, like, my house? Like, what about, like, I, you know, I'll, I'll throw a party for us. Like, I'll, I'll have a big old cookout. I'll buy all, I'll provide all the meat. I'll, buy, I'll get some big old steaks. And nothing ever materialized for him. This story doesn't end with a, a revival or salvation of, of, that, of that nature. But what, what it does mean is sometimes when we're on our mission for Jesus Christ, things are going to get a little bit awkward. Now, here's what we, where we can go with this. We can go the road of the Amish. Hey, we are citizens of a different world. We are citizens of the king. So here, as we live on earth, we want nothing to do with anybody else. We're going to become hermits. We're going to hermit. We're going to bury down, and we're going to have nothing to do with the outside world, which means we are on mission. But then what the, the antithesis, the other extreme can be, we, we, don't become, we don't become sinful hermits, we become sinful embracers. Well, we want to be relevant. We don't want to be the odd man out, so we're going to embrace sin. Jason, Jesus went to parties. I can go to parties too. Yeah, he did. And out of those parties came disciples. One named Matthew, to be specific. So when Jesus would go to some shady places, Jesus wasn't going there to be shady with them. Jesus wasn't going there to partake with them. Jesus was going there focused on the mission. So, so when you're at a, in, in a questionable place, did the gospel of Jesus Christ drive you there? Are, are, are disciples being made out of those places? Or is your faith on pause? Is your identity on pause? Jason, I'm a Christian at church. Jason, I, I'm good with being a Christian at my job. But in the evening, that's my time. J Jason, but not the coffee shop. Jason, I was swiping, swiping, swiping. And this date, just, I just happened to land a date. Like, your identity on pause. no. You're, you're a Christian. A, the, the gospel is your focus everywhere you go. Your identity is part of you. You need to be focused in on that. So, so what is your one thing? What is, what is your mission? What, during this quarantine, during this quarantine, have you forgotten pray for one? During this quarantine, our pray for one is a slogan here at our church. We, we pray. We wake up every single day wanting to pray more people in God's kingdom. God, put somebody in my sphere of influence that I can, I can lead to Jesus Christ, that I can have a conversation with about Jesus. The quarantine doesn't stop the mission. The quarantine enhances the mission and puts it to a place of different methodology. So during the quarantine, has that been on pause? Why? You're still a child of the king. That's your identity. And you're a child of the king on mission. To be rooted, the rooted life is a focused life. We said focused our thinking, focused our friends, and, and, and a focused identity. Jesus can and should be our singular focus. Multiple focuses take us off mission. You and I can be focused on Jesus in all areas of our life. We are ambassadors of the king. So when I'm interacting with my spouse, I'm still a man on mission. When I'm interacting with my king, uh, my kids, I'm still a man on mission. When I'm at my job, I'm still a man on mission. When I'm, when I'm in my leisure time, I'm still a man on mission. When I'm in my sports team, I'm still a man on mission. When, I, when I'm doing my academics, 
I'm still a man on mission. When I think about how I'm spending my money, I'm a man on mission. When I think about how I'm using my skill sets that God has provided me, I'm a man on mission. This focus is everywhere I am. I take it everywhere. Quarantine is only a reason to get to have greater focus. It's time to refocus and, and, and intensify the focus. When you're on social media, you're still an ambassador of the king. So let me ask you a few questions. We're, we're going we're gonna to make our way to the end. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off a few questions because for me, when I have an unfocused life, I need to surround myself with people that are going to ask me tough questions. I need to ask myself some tough questions. I, I need to, I, through questionings, whether it's personal or with friends, it's the questions that drive me to greater focus. So let me rattle off a few questions for us to think about because a rooted life is a focused life. So ask yourself, are you dwelling on the past and letting it control your attitudes and actions in the present? Are you following good examples? Do you, do you have a Paul to look up to? Do you have a godly hero to learn from? Do people look up to you? Do people want to spend time with you? And if yes, do they learn to live up to the qualities of Christ that they see formed in you? When others, when, if you were to ask others, what is the one, the one thing, the most important thing in my life? What is the one singular focus in my life, the greatest focus in my life? Would they say Jesus Christ? Would the enemies of the cross know that this world is not your home? Or do you blend in, compromise, hide your true identity as a child of the king? Are there people in your life today, friends, family, neighbors, co-workers who need to hear a word of testimony, a word of encouragement, a warning from you as one of God's ambassadors? Are you still praying for one? Are you, is the gospel mission your whole life mission or are you treating it as a seasonal mission? These are questions that are going to guide our focus. They're going to guide guide us to be refocused. And so that's my challenge to you. Last week, you guys did so awesome. It was the most encouraging week for me as a pastor in a very long time to see you guys all over social media with the hashtag confident joy, listing out your 10 things that you know about God, living in joy, living in knowledge. That is awesome. This week is not as, as specific as that. But it's just as important. Here, my challenge is this. Ask and pray, then go and stop. Ask and pray, then go and stop. Those are, I just rattle off a whole slew of questions. Rewind. Go back. Listen to those questions again. Ask your closest, your closest friend. Not somebody. Not somebody that is going to tell you what you want to hear. Ask a friend that's willing to tell you what you need to hear. Ask them, where am I unfocused? Where is the gospel not a focus in my life? Pray about it. Pray together. And then here's what you need to do. You need to stop some stuff. Or you need to go and get on mission. Or, or you need to transpose. Or, or you need to go and say, hey, I'm doing this thing. This thing isn't bad in and of, of itself. But it's an unfocused area of my life where I'm not really focused on the, on the gospel. I'm just focused on me in this area. What would it look like to be focused on the gospel while still doing that thing that may not be sinful, but it, it can be used for greater purpose? So you need to go and you need to do something differently. But here's, here's where I'm going to make this actionable. Would you email us? Would you email and say, you know, Jason, like, I, I talked to my buddy Graham. He pointed out that when I'm at my kid's soccer team, a uh, soccer practice, I seem to always be on social media and my phone. I'm just kind of killing time there. 
when I could be focused on my kid and then, and then having conversations with him in the car and, and we could bring up Christian principles to say like, this is, this is how to live your life out in front of, like you could, you, could, you could be more focused on the gospel even while you're at your kid's sporting event. I asked a co, another, uh, the, the only other Christian that works at my job, I asked him and he said, you know what, yeah, Jason, sometimes when you're, you're, when you're in the meeting, you're, you're saying things that are just slightly off color and it seems like you're trying to fit in and, and, and yeah, it's where you, you're well liked here, but are you well liked for the, for the right reasons? And it really hit me. And so here's what I'm going to do. Would you email us those stories this week? When you ask and pray, then go and stop, would you email us? Info at wellspring.one. So now we're going to go into a, a time of communion. You, you, we talked about that at the front end of this experience. Get ready for this. Here's the time to get ready for that. So Carly and John, we're going to go back to them. They're going to lead us in a, in a time of communion. My, my, my plea with you is here and now, start the reflection process. The rooted life is the focused life. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Tom's River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.